Good afternoon and welcome to the Mr. Relevant Podcast. It is Tuesday, July 18th. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram. It is the day after the Redskins not only failed to sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal, but also rolled him out under the bus and cast all of the blame onto him and his agent in the process. Here to talk about that is our old friend, Matt Turrell. Hey, Turrell. Hey, how you doing, Jamie? Great, man. Just kidding. Uh, so last time you were here... You were so confident that the Redskins were going to sign. So confident. Cousins do a long term 85% confident. 85% confident. Out of step with, I think, the general population, which was, I'd say, under 50%. I was under 50 I was skeptical. Um, well, it, it turns out that you were right to be skeptical. But here's the thing. I, I didn't really, it didn't really bother me that they didn't sign him or weren't going to sign him to a long-term deal. I understood that it was going to be so expensive given the predicament that they were in at this point, you know, upwards of $75 million guaranteed, maybe a hundred million. Like I get why they wouldn't sign them long-term. That part's understood. What I don't get is the way in which they did it with Bruce Allen making the announcement right at the 4 PM deadline, reading the, the prepared statement, which included all of the sordid details about their best offer, which, you know, they put such a fine polish on to, you know, cause it was really like the lowest minimum offer they could have made. But if you just read the statement and took it at face value, you would think the Redskins made an incredible offer to Kirk cousins. And they included well, that cousins not only didn't accept, but never even bothered to counter offer. Well, and, and those two things, those two facts, really point out what I missed when I made my 85% assessment. Because mm-hmm. where you saw it as you knew how expensive it was going to be and, you know, it's going to cost X amount of money, I viewed it as, well, they, they found a quarterback. And, you know, whether he's a superstar or just a very good quarterback, he's a quarterback. And they're going to have to pay him, which is a lot of money. So I figured what was going to happen was that they were just going to, you know, offer something and he would counter and eventually they would offer something that was enough that he would sign. Uh Uh, But what that presupposed was the idea that uh, a, they wanted him here long-term and B that he was even remotely willing to come here long-term. And my interpretation of what they put in that statement is that neither of those things was true. And, and that's fine. Like, I think it's fine if they were unsure about him being here long-term, if he was unsure about wanting to stick around but why, why make it worse by putting this statement out, which was totally unorthodox? You know, you just don't see NFL front offices do this. And, I mean, you see the Redskins do stuff like this. But sure. it was totally unnecessary. If they, if they, look, if they just don't sign them, yes, there's a lot of drama and tension going into the season regardless. And, yes, ESPN's still going to immediately publish their list of top 10 destinations for Kirk Cousins in 2018. But you don't get all this soap opera bullshit. That is well, what, what, what's, what seems clear to have happened is that someone in the building said, uh, oh, man, we're going to get killed, and this isn't our fault. We made him an offer. They couldn't even be bothered to get back to us. Let's get it out there so that we don't look like the bad guys. Like a, a lot of the talk has centered on the idea that they were trying to make cousins look greedy. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure that that's precisely accurate. I think they were just trying to make it clear that like, Hey, we were engaged. We were doing right. something. Right. And then they did it really poorly because that's how they do things. I mean, I, that was my read on it was kind of a mix of the two. Like it's not our fault. 
certainly that 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 was there but so was the like we're blaming cousins and his agent you know oh, that yeah. see, that seemed to be the subtext if not like the <laughs> the text itself um and in doing that like i just feel like yeah okay maybe they win the pr war with some of the redskins faithful that didn't want them to sign cousins anyway you know like maybe that's that I don't think it really swayed minds, but maybe it further like cemented people that were kind of anti giving him all this money to begin with. But in the process, what you just did was you made, I think made it less likely that they're going to be able to sign him next year, regardless of what occurs this season, diminished his trade value because they've just hurt their leverage that much more with other teams. And again, created this unnecessary tension and kind of circus atmosphere as they head into the new season. Well, they did all those things. You were, you were breaking up a little, I don't know if that's going to come through or not, but just FYI. Okay. Um, They did all those things, but then uh, did you hear him on the radio today or did you read his comments on the radio today? I, the gist of it that I got was it was a very Kirk Cousins Ian appearance where he played everything down. Well, he played everything down and he basically put everything, you know, in the hands of God and prayer. I mean, he I, he had some quote where he was like he was praying on a counteroffer right up until, you know, a week ago or so, something like that. And I mean, I, you know, we sit here, we criticize the Redskins for doing it the way they did it. But I read Cousins' comments today and just rolled my eyes the whole time. I don't know what the happy medium is between bland platitudes that say nothing and throwing your quarterback under the bus. But I sure wish somebody could find it because I was bored by Cousins and I was appalled by the Redskins. I'm really not sure <laughs> what the move is. Okay, so let's just say he doesn't want to be here. Yeah, be- Okay, so they could have handled it differently by just not making that announcement, which was bizarre and I thought unprofessional and just another, you know, black eye for the franchise. If he's not going to, if he doesn't want to be here, he's not going to resign. Do you think it's wise that they're bringing him back again on the franchise tag for, you know, franchise tag round two? Or should should they have traded him already or be looking to trade him between now and the season? Well, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that they. I mean, sorry. I, I think they should probably have traded him. I think their primary trade partner was, as everybody seems to think, uh, the 49ers, where Kyle Shanahan is a coach and he worked with Kyle and they are bros and whatever the relationship really is there. That's the perception is that that's where he wants to go and that that's who wants him. And I think that uh, from what my impression is of the people in the Redskins organization, they. Uh, would not like that. They they are driven heavily by spy. They would be more likely to try to trade cousins somewhere else, maybe Cleveland or something. Uh, to you know, well, he's if he doesn't want to be here, we're not giving him what he does want. That kind of thing. I think they are that petty. So why not do it earlier? Because maybe Cleveland wasn't offering enough, or nobody was offering enough, and they it wasn't public that he wasn't going to stay here. So they had to create this illusion. I mean, I don't know for, in some ways, this is a uh, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose situation. Like now, if somebody calls with any offer, they could justify taking it because it's clear that he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> and I'll just interject with, you know, Bill Barnwell writing about this for ESPN and, and had, a, had a brief aside about his trade value. What he mentioned was 
one of Cleveland's first round picks, which would be a low first round pick, uh, or San Francisco's second round pick, which would be a high second round pick, or at least that's the value, you know, the kind of present day value that you'd expect those picks to be in 2018. Uh, but, you know, in any event, his trade value seems diminished today versus what it was yesterday. They also don't seem to have a backup plan. Like, if you didn't, if it didn't look like you were going to be able to re-sign Cousins long-term, and even if you were going to trade for one of these higher picks in the future, wouldn't you have just drafted a quarterback in this last draft or try to acquire maybe a, pro- a project-type QB in free agency or trade, like, something? Because right now it's like, we're, we have Cousins this year, the future is very uncertain, and then after that, it's Colt McCoy and Nate Sudfeld time. Well, I mean, maybe maybe they really believe in one of those two guys. I mean, I don't, but maybe they do. But here's the other possibility, which is, I don't know which is more terrifying. It's possible that as Bruce Allen repeatedly told us, oh, deal's going to get done, deal's going to get done, uh, they actually believed it. I mean, it, it's almost more frightening to me, the possibility that they had no idea – of the level of Cousins' disinterest and the amount of leverage he had. Is that possible? I, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, I feel like it's more possible or likely that they are comfortable with this year-to-year franchise tag scenario <laughs> than, than they are with giving Cousins an unprecedented contract that it would take to get him to sign. Well, and, and don't forget the franchise tag scenario. If they franchise him next year, everybody's talking a lot about transition, but if they were to franchise him next year, then the compensation would be either two first-round picks or whatever they negotiate. So it could be that their plan is to franchise again with the explicit intent of then trading him, um, which would make some kind of sense, maybe? Question mark? I mean, it would, it would make some kind of sense in that at least you'd have some return. You wouldn't just be losing him. Uh, but you know, right. That to me is a better scenario than trading him now, because to me, like trading him now for a future pick, which, you know, is, is pretty much what you'd be looking at. Then you're, you're punting on this season and that would be really hard to swallow after the last two years being, you know, eight, nine win team winning the NFC, winning the division two years ago, just missing out on the playoffs last year. Like it's been really fun having a team that's like actually in contention. That's been great. And they figure to be that same level of team this year, but you trade cousins, plug in McCoy. Well, suddenly it's like, Oh, we're, we're going to be the bottom of the division. We're going to be, you know, looking at our first rounder for next year. Um, I, I just, I can't deal with all that. Well, what's, what's interesting is that nothing changed yesterday. I mean, from a certain perspective for all the uh, frustration and screaming and the awfulness of their statement, um, heading into this season, we are still exactly where we were, you know, two days ago or a week ago. It really doesn't affect this season. So if we could put aside the idiocy of the statement, right? Let the season play out. I mean, so so here's here's a thought experiment. Let's say they have a great season. Let's say they at least get to the NFC Championship game, farther if you want, but at least that far. Uh, does that? does that give cousins the warm and fuzzies? Does that make him want to stay here? Does that at least convince him that the team is good enough that he should stay? Does it convince the team that he's good enough to pay? I mean, does it change anything? I, I, I mean, at that point, I mean, let a, let forget NFC championship, which would be incredible. <laughs> Just sure. like getting them to the playoffs. I think 
they they would have to they would have to sign him. They would pull out all the stops, or or at least you know keep him around on the franchise tag for another season. I think they would have done that this year if he had if they had made the playoffs. If he hadn't kind of you know tanked down the stretch and and ultimately you know, thrown that crucial interception in the last game against the Giants. If that if just that had been different, if they had just finished nine six and one instead of eight seven and one and made the playoffs, I I I think that changes everything. I don't, I don't know. I agree with you to a point. I don't know that another nine and seven ish, you know, nine, six and one ish mm-hmm. kind of season gets him the guaranteed deal the way you say, even if it mm-hmm. gets them into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think the time has come, you know, you're right. The last two years were fun, but if it, it, it flipping the experiment around, if they had signed him to a long-term deal this year, and then next year they went nine and seven and inched into the playoffs. I think you and me and everyone else would be like, well, that's not good enough for a star quarterback. <laughs> so right. like, I don't so know though, man, I, we get so drunk on playoffs. Like the Redskins, we're not used to them making the playoffs. If they made it going again this year, uh, that'd be two out of three years. I feel like we would all be overwhelmed by the sensation of being a successful team. But I, I don't know how much longer I can feel successful when I'm like, all right, now if we just root for, you know, Arizona to lose and for the Ravens to tie with the Lions and then we win out, we're in. And then it happens like that's not like I would like the team needs to take a step at some point. At some point, the team needs to, you know, win its way into the, the playoffs at least somewhat convincingly even if they don't win the division you know if, if there's another team in the division that's great but they can be like a solid wild card contender from wire to wire and just you know lock it up i think they need to do that at some point and i don't like putting it all on cousins and implying right. that it's like qb wins i mean you use the example of the interception mm-hmm. at the end of last year mm-hmm. where if the cornerback drops that and the next play they hand the ball off to Rob Kelly and he runs down for what winds up being the go ahead touchdown. Uh, all of a sudden the entire narrative you just described shifts, mm-hmm. even though cousins did literally nothing different. So right. I don't want to put that all on him, but it's time. It's time to really start doing that. Well, what's so messed up is that they were taking all the right steps. You know, they had their, the last two seasons were their most successful back-to-back seasons in 25 years. And they were returning the same quarterback, the same coach, the same GM, the same offensive line. They lost some some uh, receivers, but they kind of bolstered that you know that unit. They they their defense sucked last year, but they drafted a lot of guys, spent a lot of high picks, brought in some free agents. Like everything should be trending up to us, like feeling good about this year and a ten win plus season, not being like you know out of out of the realm of possibility. But instead, you've got this this like kind of circus like atmosphere where all the stuff went down with McLuhan, this fiasco with cousins yesterday and the way it was announced, it, it just feels like way worse than it should. And I just, I don't know if it's actually worse than, than it is, or if, if we're, if we're going to, if we can expect the same like level that, that we should have expected going into this off season. Well, I must say cousins, uh, while I was bored by what he had to say today after the fact, uh, he, it was boring enough that it soothed me a little. Like I was, if we had talked this morning, I think I would have been much more exercised. I, uh, I was, it, it put me at ease and it reminded me that that's what training camp's going to be training camp. You know, Snyder will once again bunker down and, and not be heard from except for the one group interview that I'll give or whatever he does at some charity event. And, uh, you know, Bruce will spout platitudes and answer questions about moving the team in the stadium. And 
the, the players will just keep on doing the same thing and cousins will say, Oh, you know, real, real happy to see how Josh Doxon's coming along or boy, you guys should see these rookies. Gosh, they sure are impressive. God loves them. Or like whatever he's going to say. Uh, and by the time the season rolls around, I think we will be focused on the season. Uh, then the question is, can they stay good enough long enough for us to keep focusing on the season? See, this is part of why cousins is so valuable. Look what he just did to you. <laughs> like, like he eased your pain. He su- he smoothed it all over, and in one what? radio hit, <laughs> one radio hit that I didn't even hear. So you know, it could have been much worse than I'm than I'm letting on. But but I don't I don't know, man. You are you like the idea of rewarding the fact that he's like a real soothing, normal guy. Uh, I, I don't know. Like part of me feels like you. It's almost better. You look at you know. I don't know, Brett Favre or, or, or Tom Brady. All these people seem like lunatics. Um, and maybe he just seems too normal. Maybe that's why they don't want to pay him. Well, dude, but it's his, like his manner and the kind of like, you know, like staying medium esque quality of his, of the way he does his business. Um, that is so welcome in the chaotic environment that is, you know, Ashburnistan at Redskins park. (laughs) Like, like the Packers, the Patriots, these are model organizations. You know, you can have a little more volatility or more volatile personalities on the field. With the Redskins, it, I think it's needed that you have, you know, his approach. Contrast that with the way Allen handled this. I just, I can't get over how strange this was. <laughs> so like, dumb. I, we're, we're circling the drain on the 4 p.m. deadline Monday, yesterday. And, you know, it's kind of ho-hum. It's like, okay, well, I guess he's not going to get a long-term deal. We'll do, it, we'll do it again next year. Oh, well. But then 4 p.m. comes, and he, he, they stream this announcement of him reading a prepared statement to a room of select Redskins reporters who traveled out to Ashburn just to be read this statement. And yeah. then once it's over, he walks out of the room without taking questions. Like, what was that? Why, yeah, why, it's, why even it's baffling. It's baffling. I, what, they knew they knew that Cousins had the scheduled radio hit today, which was scheduled with the non-team owned station. Uh, so the, I guess maybe, uh, and I'm really, I'm genuinely, I, I don't believe any of this. I'm just kind of trying to put my head where they might have been. Like they're trying to get word out there. They've got people at the park, like um, what's his name, Mike Garofalo or whatever his name is from NFL Network, who really could use something. They need to feed them something. And once you're going to feed the national guy something, well, then you know that you're going to anger the local guys. So maybe you bring in a few of the local guys, but then you don't really want to field questions because you've been telling everybody for months that this is going to be easy and it's not that complicated. And it turns out that, oh yeah, it was complicated, kind of like healthcare. And so (laughs) this was the compromise that they land on. Like, I mean, that's the best I can figure because Literally nothing about it makes any sense otherwise. Well, it was really weird. I mean, like J.P. Finley, uh, friend of the site, friend of the pod, um, he was at Comcast Sportsnet in Bethesda covering this, gets like the, the bat signal that he's been summoned to Redskins Park, drives out to Ashburn, which is no small feat. <laughs> you know, like nope. gets there, is led in a, into a room in a place within Redskins Park that he had never been before. And like, we're actually going to have JP on the show uh, later this week to kind of give his experience, his firsthand experience of all of this once things die down a little bit. But yeah, just like, so like, where, where were they even? Well, what it sounded like to me, I listened to JP's description on, uh, on his hit on CSN and it sounds like they were in 
the conference room attached to Snyder's offices. And keep in mind, I haven't been in Redskins Park for five and possibly almost six years now. So uh, they may have rearranged. But based on what he described, <laughs> it sounded to me like the conference room attached to Snyder's offices, which are in a totally different decorating style in the rest of Redskins Park. They're much fancier. Ooh, yes, uh, oh, very yeah. corporate executive. Yes. yes, it is. And it's that corporate executive thing where you're like, what would the common man think is fancy? And then you wind up with like Ron Burgundy's ski lodge as your conference room. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's Snyder, it sounds like they the were. The tackiest man in America. <laughs> well, I, I think it may have been not the same room, but you know the picture of him pointing at the shoes? Yes, of course. So you, if you picture the room around him, it's in that sort of like guilt style with whatever else. It, the room is in sort of that style. That is somewhere near there, I think. So, yeah. And it's weird that they brought them back there. But even if you're doing this prepared statement, just hold it at the same podium where you hold everything else. Like, what what are you doing? What were they thinking? It, yeah, it looked so like... I, just like low rent, I, not not a professional organization in any way. And then it, you know, compounding everything is that Bruce Allen kept calling him Kurt Cousins, like repeatedly. Now this has been a, become a big thing, especially you know online, like on you know Deadspin, Washington Post, ESPN have all zeroed in on him mispronouncing Kurt. How does that even happen? Well, I mean, you heard them say that it's his accent. I mean, it's the it's that McLean, Virginia accent that I'm sure everybody you grew up with has. I mean, you don't recognize okay, well, it. Well, two things: they, like a Redskin Redskin spokesman, actually provided that excuse that it's Bruce Allen's accent, and that's just uh -huh. the most. I mean, I guess that Redskin spokesman doubles as like Chris Christie's communications director. <laughs> but also, like, I'm from I'm not from McLean, but I'm from the town like right next to McLean. There's no like Kirk slash Kurt, you know, accent dialogue effect going on. Like I've never, you, you don't, you don't go into a, you don't go to the Vienna Inn and order a barbecued port sandwich. <laughs> no. Well, first of all, I would only get a fully loaded hot dog at the Vienna Inn, possibly cheese fries. Who are we kidding? I would also get cheese fries and beer. Those are the three acceptable orders at the Vienna Inn. But yes, if, if Bruce Allen goes in there, he's going to have problems. He's going to order the port sandwich. Nobody's going to know what he's talking about. It's just so strange. Like, is he doing that on purpose? Like, is this like a dig that he's, I don't understand. It's just a, he's such an off-putting dude in every way. So there is a thing, and I should have looked this up before we talked. There is, there is a, uh, phenomenon where people who pronounce words in a different way don't hear them that way it has a name i'm sure that like there was reply all or some podcast did something about it so like you know if you're if you have an australian accent if you have a minnesota accent you're rounding off your o's or you're flattening your vowels like you're from chicago you don't hear it differently only people who don't have the accent hear it so there is a possibility whereby he thinks that he is correcting himself i don't believe that for a second but i'm just putting it out there that it's you know it's it's not it's not madness uh, the whole thing is but he, you can't believe he's doing it too insult Kirk or, or, or otherwise, I mean, right. Like that's not possible. No, it's just, a, it's just a, like another layer on the shit cake. Um, you know, like a little, like a little accent on the frosting. Another thing that I'm not buying, well, not necessarily. It's not that I think it's uh, a lie. It's kind of a half truth is the part of Alan's statement where he said, we haven't received any offer from Kirk's agent. Now I, I, I believe that to the extent that I don't believe they received like a counter offer that was like, we're, we want X amount over Y years, et cetera. But 
I don't I don't buy like blaming their side that this was like completely um, you know not any fault of the Redskins. They came in with the lowest minimum offer. What did they expect in return? The highest possible counteroffer? Uh, I mean, so there's that theory was was floating around that they expected such a high counteroffer that they could then leak the counteroffer and and again make Kirk look guilt, uh, greedy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I believe them, and I only believe them because we haven't heard otherwise. Now, obviously, Cousins wasn't going to say anything because you know he all he'll tell you is that he was praying uh, about if he should offer a deal or not. But <laughs> he, he, the agent would have released a statement because if if Kirk Cousins wanted to be in DC. Uh, and his agent didn't at least come back and say, your previous offer was so bad. Can you please try again? Then the agent is doing him a disservice. I mean, that is basic common sense. That's the way if you or I were applying for a job somewhere and they came back with like, Oh, wow. I thought we were arguing. We were talking on this level and that is totally different. Look, if, if you can bring it up to, you know, X salary range, then we can talk. But I mean, down where you are, there's, there's no point. Uh, I love you guys, but that's just not going to work. Like that's a thing that happens, right? I think what's more likely is, okay. It's possible that they just shut it down. That cousins and his agent, Mike, uh, Mike McCartney just were non-communicative and weren't willing to negotiate on any level. I think that's possible to me though. If, if somebody came with an offer that was just unreasonable, not in the, in the realm, my response would be something along the lines of, you know, you're going to have to sharpen your pencil, (laughs) you know, like that's right. You're going to have to do better than that. So, you know, please do. Right. But so then when this, but, but let's, let's put it in your context. You're a, you're a guy, you know, you, you are a a commodity. And so if if you you are a guy, if some media, you know, company out there was like, Hey, you know, we were talking to Jamie Montrum. We thought it would be great, but we offered him a salary and it was just no go. And we never heard back from him. And you had actually Mm -hmm. had that conversation Mm -hmm. with him that you just said, the Mm -hmm. sharpen your pencils Mm -hmm. conversation. Wouldn't you at least want somebody to put out there like, I tried to talk to them. I'm I'm a decent dude. Like, I, see, that's the thing, though. If you read this statement and you parse it, like, it just seems so carefully worded. You know, like when when they go to the great lengths to illustrate like how big of an offer theirs was. It's you know the second highest guaranteed deal ever in NFL history, that sort of thing. And then when they get to the part about the counteroffer, they say, "quote We have not received any offer from Kirk's agent this year." Like it's very specific. It, it leaves so much room for Kirk's agent or anybody in Cousins Camp to, to express the sentiment of like, we'd like to work something out without actually making a formal counteroffer. But, but wouldn't you as Kirk's agent then want that out there? Like, hey, just FYI, everybody, you know, no. they're right in the, in the letter of what they said, but they're wrong in the, in the spirit of it. I, I mean, I think... Cousins did his contractually obligated hit on 106.7 The Fan today and played everything down as he does. But I think what they're doing otherwise, just by remaining silent, is the best possible strategy. Because the Redskins look like the bad guys here. I think the Redskins, to, to most people and to most keen observers, the Redskins look like the ones that are to blame here. Sure. But I mean, you don't, you, you could make your strategy, whatever you wanted, and the Redskins would still manage to make themselves look like that's the true. Bad guys. That's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I, I honestly think that you you could word a statement like, uh, just to set the record straight, we did respond letting them know roughly what the acceptable parameters of the deal would be or something, you know, anything like that. And I don't think it makes them look any less like the bad guys. And I don't think it makes you look like a bad guy. I think it's just like it. Uh, it's weird to me that 
because leaving out there makes Cousins look like he does not want to be here. That's the only interpretation I have off of this is that they were like, we'll pay you X. And he's like, huh, no, you know, <laughs> let me think of what's good enough. Hmm, nothing. And, and like, that's, that's how I read that. Uh, I don't think it makes the Redskins look good, but I do think it makes, and I don't think it makes Cousins look greedy. I think it makes it look like he does not want to live in Ashburn, Virginia, which, you know, all due respect to Ashburn, who could blame him? Like, you know what, though? Uh, Leesburg's nice. Leesburg's nice. I'm, 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 I'm increasingly nice. on Team Leesburg uh, with, the, with the boon of breweries out there, but I don't even know if Cousins drinks. Probably not. But maybe, Probably not. Maybe a red wine in the offseason, maybe. Uh, um, maybe, yeah. Two questions, and if you have more questions, feel free to follow up. Uh, the first question, which is like a, a two-parter, 1A, 1B. Uh, remember okay. when they announced that Doug Williams was their new GM? Slash, oh, yeah, yeah. where has Doug Williams been the last 24 hours? Well, I mean, Doug Williams has been exactly where he told us he was going to be from the time they announced him. He was like, yeah, I'm really excited to have this position. By the way, I have nothing to do with that Kirk Cousins thing. We got that's we got Bruce taking care of that. We got Eric Schaefer taking care of that. Well, you know, and that is exactly where he has gone to. I mean, I think it is possible that he negotiated exactly that in his deal precisely so that when this failed, as spectacularly as it has, he could at least not have that stain on him from the moment he started his Redskins career mm-hmm. or his red, you know, his Redskins front office GM career. Obviously he has existing careers as both a player and in the front office, but you know what I mean? In, in a, in a roundabout way, I think this proves that Doug Williams is a savvy front office operator. <laughs> I mean, uh, managing not to come away covered in the splatter from this. Yes. I mean, it's the best thing I've seen from him. Not yeah, not getting his hands dirty with this fiasco is his front office equivalent of a thirty-five point second quarter in Super Bowl twenty-two. Well, let's way to go, Doug Williams. Doug Williams is going to Disney World right now. <laughs> and and Jay Schrader is limping around the sidelines of the office, wondering just where things went wrong. Uh, yeah, next office season he'll be named the new GM, Jay Schrader, uh, or Mark. No, Mark Ribbon probably. Mark Ribbon, I'll come back. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I think he's been. On, I think he's been following his daughter around the Laundry Football League. Uh, I don't want to go down a laundry football rabbit hole. Second question. <laughs> no, me neither. I hope maybe final question is what happened yesterday with the way this was announced better. And, and the fact that his cousins didn't get the long-term deal is that combo package better or worse than what happened earlier this season with McLuhan being dismissed from the team and the reasons for that being leaked to the Washington post. So, you know, it's, I, can, I can really see both sides on this one. Um, the, the McLuhan thing was beyond, um, like, that was, that was scummy. Like, bringing a man's uh, illness or whatever into it, that's, that's no good. However, it could be argued that it didn't have as immediate and direct an effect on the football team. And if your concern is for other human beings, the McLuhan thing was worse. But if your concern is simply that you want the Washington Redskins to win more football games, this one may well have been worse. What do you think? You know, I'm torn on this. Uh, I agree with you that, like, them discarding him and in such an ugly fashion blaming it on on his alcoholism is just beyond the pale. Like, that was bad even for the Redskins. You know? (laughs) Like, that was just... Really yes. awful. Just truly dreadful. Scummy was a good, good adjective. Uh, I think, so I think that's, that's worse. <laughs> but I was not anticipating so soon thereafter having to pose the question if it was as bad as this new occurrence, as this new shameful chapter in, in recent Redskins history. 
yeah, I really felt like we had at least another season before we got to another horrible thing. However, have you noticed the uh, sort of unremarked on, unintended positive consequence of the McLuhan thing? No. Is that Jessica McLuhan's tweets, whenever Bruce Allen says something publicly, like, they bring me such, did you see her yesterday? She, she, it was just like a blah, blah, blah. It wasn't, wasn't too much, but just, <laughs> just the idea that this person is out there with this like big old ax rightfully to grind against Bruce Allen to the point where whenever he says something, she responds like subtweeting him. It's just, that's amazing. It's just the right amount. It's just the right amount. It's just the right amount. It's just like the mwah, subtweet. <laughs> just perfect. Yeah, totally. Somebody get her a totally. book deal. Somebody get Jessica McLuhan a book deal. <laughs> Uh, uh, there must be some NDAs in place because I can't imagine why she hasn't written something somewhere yet if not okay uh any anything else about this for now I don't talk about it so I mean what are you sure god I hope not like that's again I said it last time I said it last year like I just want this conversation to go away I, I, I like talking to you I like doing the podcast always fun I'm tired of talking about this it's, it's what would it be like to be a fan of like the Eagles or Giants? You know what I mean? Like two other teams from the NFC East that were okay last year, just gearing up for the new season. You know, like looking a little bit better, that sort of thing. Well, I mean, the Eagles have had. I feel like the Eagles had a really bad off season. Was it last year or the year before? Well, the, what year was the, it? Were they the Chip the, Kelly the, saga? Yeah, yeah, extended yeah. saga, and then trading up for wins, but then that kind of worked out. You know. Anyway, we're just we bring so much unnecessary drama to the situation, and I said this on our blog post about it. But I mean, this is why we hate the team that we love. <laughs> I'm so conflicted. Like I just I shouldn't be this emotionally like like uh, you know torn up about my football team. That just shouldn't happen. Not in no. not in July. No argument from me, man. Well, but just think soon we'll be getting training camp reports. Think how emotionally engaged you'll be in that. Oh, God bless. As Kirk Cousins would say, <laughs> God bless. Um, all right, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Our, our listeners can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt underscore Turl. They can read him in the city paper where he writes about sports, uh, where he stole Dave McKenna's corner for the city paper. Oh, my God. How uh, dare you? You know, nobody's How listening dare this far you? in. But if they are listening, That's a good uh, point. subscribe to the Mr. Relevant podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Bumpers. Follow us on social media. Uh, really, it just makes us feel better. This is all <laughs> very therapeutic. And I've got the gnawing feeling that we'll need the same treatment this time next year.